Siyat Today we're going to be learning a little bit about about uh, Mashiach from Rav Nisimigin's book. There was one time which uh, Rav Nisimigin was speaking about how he was in the hospital and he was going through tests. He says, little that I know that a few hours I would have uh, would have known that I would be stricken with a terminal illness uh, ter- terminal illness the the my prayers of the past year would have been completely different uh, many people think that uh, it won't happen to me this that you know we feel we, we don't we don't think about divine punishment, divine, uh, the judgment of what will happen in the future. We just think, okay, I'll go day by day, whatever it is. Uh, when, uh, nothing bad will happen to me. I'll live forever, we think. We don't think of, we don't have the the fear of Yom Hadin, about what's, what's going to happen. So if only we have enough fear of Hashem, as someone that's traveling with new electronics in his suitcase, going through customs. So we have a question. When will Mashiach come? The Chachamim said in Masechet Sanhedrin 91a, that Mashiach will come in a generation that is entirely, entirely meritorious or entirely guilty. Meaning either they will be righteous or there will be completely wicked so one thing that's very it's not can't really understand it is how will it be that Mashiach will only come whenever everybody is perfectly righteous or everybody is or the whole the whole generation is perfectly righteous or the whole generation is, is wicked he said if he waits if he waits until everybody's righteous he's gonna have to wait and he's gonna have to wait a very long time forever not possible. If he waits until everybody's wicked, there's no point. Then well, who's the Mashiach going to save? Plus, not only that, we know that we have to have 36 righteous people, and every single the, the constantly, constantly we have to have 36 tzaddikim for the world to stand on. So how is it possible? So the Chachamim explain what does it mean? It means that each person, the person has to be within himself. Either completely righteous or completely uh, completely wicked. He cannot be half half. He's either with the Torah or against the Torah. Some people, unfortunately, say we keep what we can, meaning that they keep whatever is convenient or comfortable for them. They're. I'll, I'll keep the traditions. I'll keep whatever I like, but I'm not going to overly, overly put something on top of myself. Something that I don't want to do, I'm not doing it. I, it's not it's not how I go. Some people say, I need that tibalev. I'm re- religious in my heart. I do. I'm, I'm a good person. So the sad thing is, what's the, what's the point if you don't, if, what's the point if you don't use the heart? What's the point of the heart? Aram Nisim again explains, he says, during the Yom Kippur War, my unit evacuated, his unit evacuated uh, wounded soldier, uh, soldiers from the battlefield. 
one of them was exploded by a mine. He was still still alive, but he got hit by a mine. They rushed him to the hospital, and many procedures just to just to try to save his life. His father heard, came rushing into the hospital. Where's my son? Where's my son? He said, "We have to wait one second. He's in surgery. This that." They're doing whatever they have to do. After the father comes into the room, sees him, he they, they say he has a good heart. He has a good heart. He's 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 good. After a while, the father goes inside, and he sees him over there, and the father, so so shocked, he goes and he faints. They have to wake him up. The father say the father wakes up and he starts crying. He said, What's the point? What's the difference if he has a good heart or not? If many of his limbs are missing, he cannot walk, he cannot hear, he cannot see. What's the point of what's the point of a good heart if you don't use it for what's meant to be used for? There's no point of him anymore. There's, he's, not, he's not even there anymore. He has a good heart, very nice, but everything else is gone. Someone has a good heart but doesn't use it. For Avodat Hashem doesn't use it for what it's meant for. There's no point of it. Avnim Simeagim also says, he says it's a shame that uh, you know you have a good heart. You use the heart for Avodat Hashem. You use the heart. That's the only thing you use. It's a shame because whenever you die, your heart stays here and you have nothing to show in Shemaim. The heart is physical. It stays over here. So you have a good heart, no problem. That's good maybe over here. But in Shemaim, it's not a good enough ticket. So, the Gemara gives signs of how to recognize when the Mashiach is about to come. When will it happen? What's the process of it? Of what the Geula, the redemption, will look like? We also know that we, we know this. Why? Because we're given something to model it after. How it says, Goel Acharon Kegoel Rishon. The last redemption will be like the first redemption. As we see, 3,000 years ago, whenever we left Egypt, it says, but it's it's a very it's there's a little there's a very big downside to it, that whenever we left Egypt, not everybody left unfortunately. Whenever we left Egypt, only about 20% of the Jews were that were in Egypt left. A, about the 80% died right before the redemption how do we know because the Torah says Chamushim it says in the Pasuk it says Chamushim did the children of Israel go up out of the Egypt what does the word Chamushim mean our sages explain in uh, Rashi explains on the Pasuk he explains he says Chamushim comes to bring a remiss of the word of Chamesh so it says a, uh, a fifth a fifth of the people left meaning there was a four, four fifths stayed and died over there they didn't go out they rather they died in the plague of darkness why did they die in the plague of darkness so that the Egyptians shouldn't see and be happy or say oh okay fine the 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 plague didn't only get us it got them also so maybe it's not uh, just for us. Maybe it's just some type of uh, natural occurrence. 
or such and such. So they didn't want to. They 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 they, they stayed. <laughs> As the Chachamim explained, because why is it, why did they stay? Because they didn't uh, want to take it upon themselves. They didn't want to take upon themselves Torah and Mitzvot. They said, listen, we're good over here. That's it. They're stopping to bother us. Let us just, uh, you know, chill out now. We have, we're free. But that's not the point. The point of the the Giyula, the point of the redemption, is to go and to get to Torah. Not to just stay and just be. So now if we convert this, we convert the 5%, the, 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 the four out of five, out of five it says that 600,000 men from 20 and 60 left Egypt. So that means, fine, if we take out the women, the children, and the uh, men older than 60, that means we're about 2 million Jews died before we left. We see this, it's, it's, we realize it's crazy because these people saw miracles, they saw crazy things. Even Paro's, Paro's uh, astrologer said, this is the finger of God, this is, Hashem's doing it. Not only that, Paro himself said, Hashem is the righteous one and I and my people are the wicked ones. How could it be? It's, uh, the Am Yisrael saw it. Picture it. It's crazy. Uh, people saw water turning into blood frogs jumping into pots beds uh, into people lice crawling everywhere wild beasts going crazy uh, animals dying boils hail locusts crazy signs it's not just the uh, small things it's you see it, it's like a very big concentration. And throughout all this, it's only the Egyptians that were that were hit. Not us not, not any and no no Jews. But even after seeing these crazy miracles, these these plagues, eighty percent still didn't do chuva. Eighty percent of Jews didn't do chuva. And these millions since they didn't shuva, they didn't. They weren't worthy of the redemption, and died during the ninth plague. So we see this, and we're like saying, "Why? If it would be us, we would be over there. We see, see these people not doing shuva. We're screaming. What's wrong with you? Do shuva fast." You say, "No, maybe this. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. Uh, I don't. I don't need to. I don't want to. I don't want to do it." You say, what's wrong with you? You don't do it, you're gonna die. You don't do it fast before it's too late. So is it what? now, if we go, we go back to our current, our current uh, soon-to-be redemption. How? What are we gonna say about ourselves? Things are happening in the world, as the Chachamim said, of how it's gonna happen. Are we all doing tshuva as, as much as we possibly can? We're all going and trying to do as much as we can. 
So what is tshuva? So tshuva, tshuva means to return, tashuv. So tshuva means return to Hashem, which means to keep His Torah and His mitzvot, to improve our character traits and change our behavior. We all, everybody has some type of tshuva to do, whether he's already orthodox, religious, or he's not religious, or he's somewhere in the middle. Everybody has some has place to, to improve. Zohar explains how we said, Zohar says that the same way in the first redemption, Mashiach, the Mashiach will come with days of darkness. But instead of three days, how it was back in the day, in the first Geula, it's going to be 15 days of darkness. Which the Jews that are unworthy, that they didn't do tshuva, they will not be they they will not be worthy and they will die, they will not be part of the redemption. So we have to understand that we have to do tshuva as soon as possible before it's too late. Now, tshuva is a very big privilege. It's not just available in a limited quantity. Drama explains. That there's a very big punishment that Hashem gives for someone that doesn't try to do tshuva as soon as possible. So what is what is one of the worst punishments a mother could give her child? Imagine the mother throwing out throwing out her kid and saying, "Do not ever come back." That's it. It's a very big punishment that a mom could give the son. Same way Hashem Chas Shalom could give a person could say to a person. You don't want to be part of my nation. You, I'm giving you so many chances to do tshuva, so many chances. You're not accepting it? No problem. I'm going to deny you. The Rambam says, the worst one is, uh, is Hashem saying, I'm going to deny you, deny the person the privilege to do tshuva, the privilege to come back to Hashem. There was a story with uh, with uh, Stipler. There was one man who want, who was key, it was uh, wanted to start doing tshuva, he wanted to do tshuva, he wanted to start keeping Tukha Mitzvot, but his wife was very stubborn. She was very stubborn on it. So he said, uh, what can I do? So the only thing he could do, he went to, he went to Rav Yaakov Yisrael Kanievsky, as people know him as the stipler, in Brak. He went and he said, <laughs> I'm telling my wife to tshuva, she's, it's very stubborn. Stipler said something very strong. Tell her it's the last chance for her to do tshuva. If she doesn't take it, she will miss the last train out of the station before Mashiach comes. So what does the stipler mean by what will happen when Mashiach comes? Before Mashiach comes, there will be a very big judgment day. When all the people of the world will be judged. When Mashiach comes, everything will be known, everything will be obvious. Basically saying that freedom of choice will have an end to it. Not in a literal sense, but in saying that once Mashiach comes, 
the kingship of Hashem is going to be obvious. It's going to be known. Everybody's going to say, wow, I didn't know. I want to go back. I want this. But it's going to be already too late. It's going to be already too late. Since we're going to already know, that's it. There's no point of the tshuva. There's no, there, there is no tshuva anymore. There's no tshuva because there is no, there is no test anymore. So there's no, there's not going to be any tshuva left. And there's not going to be any way of fixing the past. It's it's very close. It's very, very close. The geula is very, very close. We have to try to do tshuva to be able to cast the last train. Unfortunately, there was a story of what Rav Nisim again, how he was doing constantly seminars to help people do tshuva, outreach seminars. There was one time which there was a there was a woman. Let's give her the name uh, Mrs. Peretz from Haifa. She called called Rav Nisim and told her, please register me, my husband, three, three children for the seminar. The check arrived to cover the cover the rooms. After a while. Sees, they didn't show up. After the seminar, Miss Spellitz called and said, "I'm sorry, my husband was called up to go back to the army." Okay. During the next two years, every single time there was another seminar, again repeated, repeated. Would call, Miss Spellitz would call, register for another seminar, and then cancel it before. Before, after, whatever type of excuses, you know, business, illness, was the real thing. The husband was really, really desperately afraid of being influenced to do tshuva and was avoiding the seminar. Finally, one day, Miss Pellis couldn't, ha- couldn't, she said, she called and she, she, she said, Kodarav, please, this time it's official. We have the suitcases, we have everything inside the car, we're coming. Well, please, wanna, wanna, please put a, make a room for us. Ravi uh, again says, I'm, I'm sorry, I would I would take you, but uh, we're already fully booked. There's no more rooms, and plus people are on hold. If there's space, we let them in. She starts screaming, she starts crying, says, please, Kodarav, this is the first time, he's in the car already, he's coming with me. Please don't uh, turn me away because there's a lack of room. So he said, okay, give me me a, a little while, let me, give me a few minutes. So he was speaking to his, to his wife. He, uh, he was trying to figure out what to do about, so then he said, he said, you know what? Hashem will take care of me one way or another. So, he said to Mrs. Pellet, he said, no problem, come and take my rooms. Come and take my room that I took for myself. He went over to the hotel manager and he said, he said, is there any place that I could that I could sleep, that me and my family could sleep? So the guy said, the, the hotel manager said, I'm sorry, I don't have any rooms. The only place I have is the storage storage room? So Rav again said, "Okay, fine, no problem. I'm gonna check." He opens the storeroom. 
and he was opening it with the creaking door and he sees mice running away. So he says, apparently they were also afraid that he's going to try to convince him that them to do tshuva. So they started running away. Two hours later, Ms. Pellets calls back. And this time she calls, she was crying, screaming. What'd she say? Apparently on the way, the car crashed. Says, my husband died, my kids, me and my kids went out without a scratch. Says, fortunately he missed his chance to do tshuva. Fortunately, many people like this missed their chance. Sabotai. It's not enough time. It's not enough time. Mashiach, the, the redemption, Mashiach is coming very, very soon. We have to try to save as much people as we possibly can. It's already the last hour since, until Mashiach is coming. He's calling us to return to him as soon as possible. We have to stop what we're doing and lovingly accept Hashem's, Hashem's kingship and his mitzvot and his Torah and Bezat Hashem may we see Mashiach and, his, and bring the final redemption Amen